You are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast. Here's your hosts, Al, Powder, and Maddie B. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 243, presented by StudentUnionSports.com. Make sure to check out everything on StudentUnionSports.com, from the daily podcast to the daily blogs and everything else in between. Again, if you need your soccer needs, you got the Chasers podcast to help you. If you need to win some money in all sports, the gambling boys over at the Chasers got you. If And I think I might have said Chasers twice, so sorry. But uh, again, soccer, yellow card, gambling Chasers. And if you want your college football needs, that is the Is, the Saturday, is It Saturday Yet pod. It's Tuesday. I'm tired. Just bear with me. <laughs> uh, Alan and Egan here. Tom Powder Chadmus here. Powder, hey. 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 Uh, so Powder's here. No Matty B this week. Matty B is working. He is... Being a pilgrim? Essentially being a pilgrim, you know, telling us about those pilgrim times and everything. And nice to throw a little jab in there. Matty, for once, it was not me. It was Powder. So you can yell at him when you come back next week or whenever you come back. Uh, Matty's going to be a little bit of uh, kind of in and out presence the next couple of weeks with work and everything. Uh, it should be... We're hoping to have him on, but we'll we'll see what happens. So hopefully Maddie's on next week with us. Maybe he won't be. Maybe he'll be on with us in two weeks. Who knows? But he's still a part of the show. He's just busy with work season. It's the most difficult time for him, especially with a lot of stuff going on in the work world. So, all right, let's just get into it, Powder, because we got a we got a long episode with a lot of uh, just a lot of stuff we want to talk about. So let's let's get into it, Patriots. Once again, losers of their matchup. Week six against the Las Vegas Raiders. They come away with a 21-17 loss. Opening take on this. I think this is the end of the 2023 season. I really do. This Patriots team can't beat a mediocre team. They can't beat a bad team. They definitely can't compete with a good team. Oh, good. There's no, there is no way that this team is going to make the playoffs. And or even get double-digit wins, they might not even get to seven wins in the season. And that's really, really bad. Tank, 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 tank. tank. Embrace the tank. Just embrace the tank. That's the message here, folks. Embrace the tank. Because guess what? You're a Patriots team that right now has a top-five draft pick in the 2024 draft. You're a Patriots team that's going to have, in the triple digits... For millions of dollars to spend in free agency next season. So guess what? If you're going to spend the money next offseason and you want to actually be able to be competitive in the AFC East, you're going to have to wait another season. 2023 is a lost cause, and it just proved it with the Raiders game. And I mean, look at everything that happened, Powder. Dumb penalties, Mac Jones, another red zone interception when that looked like they were getting some momentum. The offense had a couple of nice drives. Obviously, you had the uh, Zeke Elliott touchdown in the second half off the Wildcat. You had Ramadre Stevenson with a touchdown run late in the game. And also, can we talk about that fourth quarter for a second? Patriots are down by two scores. They're taking their sweet-ass time. Oh, yeah. They took seven minutes in the fourth quarter. Like, two minutes left when the Raiders got the ball back. And it's like a couple first downs, this game's over. Like, the, everything they did was just backwards. And then, of course, the safety happens. Max Crosby coming off the edge, getting to Mac Jones, effectively ending the game. 
And I just, I have no more words for this team. I mean, it's just, like you said, tank, 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 tank. Just tank. Call it a season, punt on the year, and get yourself ready for 2024 because this team's going nowhere mm-hmm. and nowhere fast. So those are my opening takes, Powder. I want to hear about what you thought of the game and just overall thoughts on the outlook of the season now that the Patriots have started off 1-5. and five. Yes. Game definitely was not fun to watch. Like you said, maybe a couple good drives that you thought the Patriots, and honestly, at the end, before the safety and everything, when they had that touchdown drive, I was like, they might have a chance to win this. Uh, but I, the broadcast did say a lot, and I do agree with it. The Patriots do have a good amount of injuries, but that's still no excuse. Like they're playing like the the worst football. I, because I grew up, first memories I have are Super Bowl memories, so I've only known success for the Patriots. But it it stinks to see them play this poorly. But you know what? Maybe it's time for them to reset. I texted in the group chat. I think it's time to move on from Mac Jones. I just think he struggles when the Patriots need him most when he needs to be a playmaker. I do think he has abilities. I think if he had weapons around him, I think he would look really good. But with just uh, okay offense around him, he's not good. But I don't blame it solely on Mac. This offensive line is putrid. You can see them missing blocks there's always pressure on Mac he's always having to get out get the ball out quick but it's still them at one in five I just think it's time for them to just try and get the highest draft pick as possible and try and get a new quarterback in here maybe change things up and hopefully the Patriots can go after some weapons and at I think in another thing I've been talking to a lot of friends about, I think it's time and I don't know how you get rid of GM Belichick without getting rid of head coach Belichick, but you need someone who's going to get the Patriots weapons. That's what you need in the Patriots do not have that. And until they go out and get weapons, they're never, they're never going to be good because they're receiving cores. Bella, they're just not gonna you're not gonna have too many Edelmans. There's only one Edelman. Only one Wes Welker. There's not a lot of those smaller guys that can play slot that just go out and get big yards. You need athletes in this league. The way that this roster has been constructed by the way powder for this year has been awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful. I mean, just look at all the moves that you did this offseason that so far have been absolute busts. The biggest one so far, Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy that I liked in Pittsburgh, by the way. Oh, and you said for every year that the Patriots should go out and get him. I I did because of what he did in Pittsburgh alongside Antonio Brown. Now, granted, he was going to have to be the number one receiver, but he proved he could handle that in Pittsburgh. But guess what? So far, he's played four games, like four and a half games, Mm -hmm. and he's done nothing. The Jacoby Myers... Walking away and not resigning him looks worse every day with Juju being injured. And of course, Jacoby Myers catches a touchdown from former Patriots quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. in that game. So that's ridiculous. And then you take a look at everything else. I mean, you your offensive line, you brought in Calvin Anderson, who's been in and out. You brought in Riley Reef that hasn't that's played, I think, one game so far. And how are you going to be successful at all if you can't block? 
Yeah. How are you going to protect any quarterback, let alone Matt Jones? Matt Jones is a pure pocket passer. He's not like Justin Fields that can scramble, or even a guy like Trevor Lawrence that can get out of the pocket a little bit and at least, you know, evade the rush. Yeah. So prolong a play so someone can get open. Right. So if you can't prolong the play, like you're saying, how can you be effective? Yeah. And I'm not dismissing Mac Jones here. Like, I'm not saying he's off scot-free, because he's not. Because guess what? Again, you had an opportunity in that game to get down to one score. You were driving, and he throws a bad pick. Like, But, but that's the thing. It's starting to become more of a pattern. It's not just an anomaly at this point. It's not, oh, he made one bad pass. No, these are becoming routine. These are becoming, you know, part of the game. Like, we expect it to happen. And another thing we expect to happen, Powder, we expect the Patriots to lose one-possession games. Yeah. When it was 19-17, to 17, and after Parker, so I think it was second down, or it might have been first down. I forget. It was early down territory. I think it might have been second down. Mac throws a ball down the left sideline, which would have had them at the 50. Devontae Parker catches the ball, goes right off his palms. And by the way, did you see after the game what he said about the ball landing on his fingertips? No, I did not see it. Basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but Devontae Parker's like, yeah, it hit me in the fingertips. It's like, dude, we all saw the replay. It hit you square in the paw. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't I don't know why you're trying to why you're trying to cover your ass on that. Because guess what? You're not covering it. We all saw it. We all watched it on national television. It hit you in the hands. You dropped it. And that's the best throw that Mac made between two defenders. Hits him right in the hands about 45 yards downfield. And if Devontae Parker holds that in, Patriots are at midfield with about a minute 50 left, and you just need a field goal to win the game. They could have run down the clock, give Chad Ryland a chance to boot it through the uprights and get to two and four. But instead, then you're forcing yourself to, in a worse position, and then the sack happens. Yep. Once they didn't have that powder, once they didn't get that, you're like, yep, this game's over. Deep down, you're like, it's it's done. Yeah, it's absolutely done. So it's just a it, it drives me nuts, and I I don't want to deal with this team anymore for this year. Like it's it's I guess a month and a half into the season, and I'm good for the season. Like no, obviously I'm gonna watch the games. You know you're gonna watch, but like they're playing the Bills this upcoming week, which we'll get into very briefly in a bit. But I think we know how that game's gonna be. Then you have Miami, and then after that. You're supposed to have some easy games coming up. I'm putting those in air quotes against like the Colts, the Commanders, the Giants, the Broncos on Christmas Eve later on, but then like the Chargers and all, you know, you're supposed to be compatible with. But I don't know who they can beat at this point. Mm. Is their roster is the worst in the NFL, in my opinion, or very close to it. And their offensive line is at the bottom of the NFL, if not the worst. So I don't know. As far as the actual game's concerned, I mean, it's been a lot of the same stuff, right? It's been in the running game. Like, Zeke Elliott, give him credit. He actually had a good game yeah. once Ramondre got hurt. Um, Kendrick Bourne had a decent win, which I think might help his trade value, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. But other than that, who really had a good game? And the defense, by the way, defense, I know it's Ben don't break, but there's no pressure on the quarterback. When Jimmy Garoppolo goes down at halftime and you got Brian Hoyer coming in, who's 40 years old, He's throwing the ball deep on you. That's when you know you got troubles. You got that law. I really thought when Hoyer came in, I was like, "Oh, Patriots gonna find a way to take over this game, take the lead, and just he's not gonna be able to hold on to this lead because he's not really been a starter his whole career." Right, and then he just throws it thirty-five yards down the field, and we're like, "Oh, okay. Why couldn't you do that when you were in New England, bud?" Uh, but anyways. 
this game, I mean, it's just a microcosm of the Patriots, right? They they play just close enough to be competitive with anybody. They have a chance to win it at the end, and they find a way to screw it up. You? So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't have any answers. And neither does Bill Belichick. Like, he talks about starting over. But you can't start over when you don't know where to start. And that's yeah. essentially, he doesn't know where to start. He doesn't know what to do. So, you mentioned powder before. You mentioned about Belichick staying as a coach and a GM. He's not going to do that. And that's what everybody else wants. And I think that's even what Robert Kraft would want in, a, in an ideal world. But Belichick's not going to walk away from that situation. He's going to be like, you know what? I've earned this, so I'm going to stay here as long as I want. And if, before, people were like, oh, yeah, he should. He shouldn't now. Yeah. This is the last thing I'm going to say, and then I, I do want to hear more powder of your thoughts. But you think about the last four years of Bill Belichick's career, seven and nine in 2000, 2020, the COVID year, 10 and eight overall in 2021. So that's 17 and 17. Eight and nine last season in 2022. So that ranges you 25 and 26. And you're one and five this year. So you're 26 and 31 since Tom Brady has left. You're 26 and 31 since she last made the playoffs in 2019. Before you made the playoffs in 2021. Yeah. So I don't know where this team's going to go. But any other thoughts or any other points you wanted to bring up just about anything with the Patriots before we talk about a little pre-2024 Patriots stuff? No, just... It was good to see them all healthy because they did compete with the Eagles and the Dolphins made it close. But now that they're not fully healthy, it's going to be a long season as a Patriots fan. But like we talked about, hopefully they can get high draft pick and kind of reset and hopefully get better for the years to come. But who knows how long this road's going to be. And we're just not used to it. We're spoiled Patriots fans. But hopefully one day we can get back to being playoff contenders and Super Bowl contenders. So let me ask you this, with the Patriots, right, and we know right now that they're in the top five pick. Now, the Bears, who knows what they're going to do. They might not take a quarterback. The Broncos, I don't think, are going to take a quarterback because they're locked in the Russell Wilson. Yeah. So if they're, if the if all the quarterbacks are around that you want, do you have one in mind that you think would be a good fit to take over long term? Because let's face it, Mac Jones isn't the guy here. Yeah. So you need to move on from him after 2023. So I'm not the biggest college football, but like fan. But from everything I've heard, is Caleb Williams out of USC is a big prospect, and I've heard that name linked to the Patriots a little bit if they keep losing. So Caleb Williams is a name. Caleb Williams is definitely a name that you can consider. But another name, there's two more names you can consider: Drake May, the quarterback out of. Uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But the one that I want, and people are going to be surprised by this, and I know people said he's not going to be coming out this year, but I would want the Patriots to get Shador Sanders from Colorado. And here's why I would want want them to get him. Look at the offense that Colorado runs. Colorado runs a lot of quick stuff, a lot of stuff over the middle, a lot of, you know, seven to eight yard plays at a time. And look at the type of quarterback Shador Sanders is. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but he's smart. He doesn't make mistakes. He takes his sacks when necessary. He scrambles outside the pocket and can create some plays with his legs when necessary. So why wouldn't you want an accurate, smart quarterback that can also rush a little bit? Yeah. And by the way, he's playing for his father, Deion Sanders, who's an NFL Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. 
like, I mean, I think it would be a great fit. I know that might be an unpopular opinion, but, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's something about Shador Sanders that people could really get behind, especially here in New England. Yeah. Bring a little bit of, bit of swag, a little bit of confidence back into it. So, I don't know, but that's just me. So, I don't know what they're going to do, but at this point, get the highest draft pick you can and trade away some of your players. And by the way, speaking of trading your players, Powder, we're just going to play a little quick game. So, I have... Let's see here. It looks like four or five. I have eight names here that the Patriots could trade before the October 31st trade deadline. Now, I'm just going to rattle them off, and you're just going to, we'll have a quick, like, one minute discussion on each guy. Who do you think will stay here? Who do you think will go, and why? Okay. So the first guy I'll let you answer first. And. The first guy that I'm going to throw out there, Hendrick Bourne. Is he a Patriot 2024 or is he elsewhere? I think he's elsewhere. I think he's just going to – I think he's playing this season to get his trade value up. And I just think – I think he's good, but I don't think he fits the Patriot system long term. I think if he has a decent game against Buffalo and then a decent game against Miami, gets that trade value up like you said – I think they can get at least a pick or two for him. So I agree. I think Kendrick Bourne's going to be out of here. Um, Adrian Phillips, safety, dash corner. I think the Patriots, I think their defense is good. I think that's the one. I think some of those players they want to keep around. So I'm going to say they keep. I'm going to also say they keep him. He's a hard hitter. He's a smart player. He's someone that you need in that secondary to help out, especially we don't know if J.C. Jackson's going to be here next year. Christian Gonzalez is obviously going to be back. And then like guys like Marcus Jones will be back, you know, hopefully this year, if not next year, Jack Jones is back at practice. So who knows if he's going to be back, but that corner dash safety room is going to be absolutely stacked. Yeah. All right. Next one, Jalen Mills. I'm going to answer first on this one. See ya. Yeah, I agree. I just don't think he's going to be around any longer. Did you see, uh, did you see what he posted on Twitter after the, I think it was the Saints game. I did not. He just posted it. So Mike Reese, who's a very credited Patriots reporter from yeah. ESPN, he put out the snap totals for everyone. I think Jalen Mills had one of the lowest snap totals, yeah. with like 10. Then he quote tweeted and said, damn, 10 snaps, and then had like an emoji. So I think I think he's as good as gone. I, th- yeah. I don't think he's going to want to be here. Um, next one, Josh Uche. That's tough, but I think he's probably going to be gone. See, I hate to agree with you, but I do. I, I think Uche is going to be gone. I think they can get a lot of value for him because he's still young and can really help a defense. So, I don't know. But, yeah, and they have a lot of linebackers too. So, yeah, yeah I think Uche's gone. All right, Kyle Duggar. I think the, I think the Patriots resigned him. Yeah. I think he's too valuable to that defense to, to let yeah, him go. Yeah, I think to. he's a defensive leader that Patriots like. Okay, next one, Trent Brown. No, I think they I think they need to revamp this offensive line. He needs to go. I think he does too. I mean, with Trent Brown, it's just laziness and effort. Yeah. You know, when he's motivated, he's great. And when he's non-motivated, he's a non-factor. Yeah. And you can't have it that way. They gave him like an incentive and guaranteed money. And he looked really good against, I think it was, I think it was uh, either the Jets or Dallas. I know yeah. Dallas, they got croaked, but I mean, he still looks pretty good. Had a good uh, pass rush efficiency grade. So, but yeah, I think Trent Brown is a guy that 
if you're going to revamp the offensive line, he's got to be one of the first to go. Yeah. Another guy, another guy on the offensive line, Mike Dinwenu. I think he stays. Yeah, that's a tough one. I'll say he stays. I think Belichick realizes too, especially after getting rid of Joe Tooney and letting him go to Kansas City, how big of a mistake it is not to pay your linemen. Mm. And especially if you have the money to do it next year, do it. Get it done. Even if you have to get it done this year, do it. All right, last one. Bailey Zappi. No, I think he's gone now. They use the third string, especially with, um, what's the name, Malik Cunningham. Now that they signed him to a deal, I think. I think Bale Zappi's gone. I think Zappi's gone too. I mean, they they already released him last summer. You have, you know, Mac Jones for now, but you're going to have the next quarterback, Will Greer, if you decide to keep him, and Malik Cunningham. Yeah. So you 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 have enough quarterbacks, like you're going to reset anyway, so you might as well reset with a young guy and don't even bother with Zappi. Let him try to find somewhere else. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Two weeks exactly. So we're recording on October 17th, about 6.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Two weeks away from the trade deadline in the NFL. Who will stay and who will go? Get yeah. that song, should they stay or should they go? Mm-hmm. And we have some guys stay and we have some guys that are going. We'll see what happens. But we'll do a quick Patriots preview. So Bills, Patriots. I think Bills are like eight and a half point favorites against the Patriots. I mean, let's call it like it is. This Patriots team, until they beat someone, you can't say that they have anything better than the Bills. I know the mm-hmm. Bills aren't as superior as they once were because they definitely aren't. But I think they're still much better than the Patriots. The quarterback is better. The receiving core is better. Not that that's really saying much, but I think the Patriots can match up in the running game if Ramondre Stevenson can get going now and with Zeke Elliott. And then on defense, I mean, it's a battle of like, Excuse me, I don't want to say wounded, uh, wounded defenses, but you know Buffalo's got some injuries. The Patriots have some injuries, so who knows what that's going to look like? But I, I think Powder just—I I want to hear if you have any other tidbits. But I—I I got my score in mind, and it's not going to be pretty. So go ahead. No, I agree with you. I just think the Bills are better overall, and they're playing better right now. I just—I can't see it being. A good game. I know Patriots obviously are going to get up for it because of a divisional rival, but I still can't see them making it that competitive. I can't either, so I'll just say my score real quick. I, I think Josh Allen's going to show why he owns the Patriots right now, why the Patriots have only beaten the Bills once in the past four seasons. So I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go Bills 31, Patriots 10. I'll go Bills 28, Patriots, 7. So 21-point victories for the Bills yeah. is what we both have. So Who knows? Maybe the Patriots will surprise us and make it competitive. If it's competitive, then I'll be happy with that. I'll be like, okay, you're not playing to lose, but you're just you're you're good enough to at least be in the game. Like, just yeah. give me that. Just, like, tease me with it a little bit. Oh, yeah. All right. I- I'm good talking Patriots. You want to talk about something else? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's talk about the Red Sox a little bit. So the Red Sox, so the Red Sox still have a president of baseball operations job open. Todd, are you applied yet or what? I should, shouldn't I? You probably should. And there are a lot of names that have been kind of thrown out there for a list of uh, interviewed candidates. Holy one that Holy Mick would be a great one, I think. He would just, you know, he would lead us to a World Series in year one. 
Yeah. Uh, Red Sox VP of Scouting Player Development, Paul Taboni, is on the list of candidates. Thad Levine, who was in the Twins organization for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Eddie Ramiro, a guy that's been in the Red Sox organization, is another one that has interviewed for the job. Craig Breslow, former friend of the Red Sox, Craig Breslow, who has done a lot of work with the Cubs in their pinching mm-hmm. program and everything the past couple of years. Uh, a couple of notable names that have turned down the job. Brandon Gomes is one name that I really wanted yep. that turned the job down, so I kind of teared up a little bit when I saw that. It is what it is. Uh, Raquel Ferreira is another name that has turned down a chance at a Red Sox front office uh, job opening. Uh, I wish I had to think who else. Uh, let's see. Uh, Neil Huntington, who worked with the Pirates. That's another name that's been... That has been interviewed for the Red Sox. James Click, another guy who is currently the Blue Jays VP of Baseball Strategy. So it, it, it's just a bunch of names at this point, yeah. right? It's a it's a bunch of names that that that's just that they're names. I want to know what is your philosophy? Are you going to stick with the old Hein Bloom approach where you're like, you know what? We're just going to stick with it. We're going to keep building and building until like 2025, 2026. Or are you ready to go for it next year? Are you ready to actually make a splash in the 2023 offseason? So I don't know. But Powder, I'll ask you this. Do any of the names that I just mentioned interest you? Or do you have a name that maybe is out there and I didn't say that interests you more? I have a name that's out there that you did not mention. Go, Kim Ang, or how do I say? However, Aang, I said Ang Kim Ang. Yeah, from the Marlins, who just left her position at the Marlins. I like her. I know there's some. She has a spotty track record. It's not perfect, but you know what? She got the Marlins to playoffs for first time in a full season since 2003. Her trade deadline wasn't perfect, but she got two. She got Josh Bell, who I think I saw had. Like 11 home runs and Jake Berger had like 15 home runs after they got traded to the Marlins. Those are two hits on two less, like Josh Bell's been around for a while. He's been a good player, but two players, Josh Bell being older veteran and Jake Berger, kind of lesser known player that both worked out very well for the Patriots or Jesus Red Sox or Marlins. Holy crap. I can't talk. It's fresh on the brain. It's understandable. On the Marlins. I think she is gonna be aggressive in a big market team. I think she knows how to make trades. I think I think she just brings a new perspective to the Red Sox and that's the one I would like to see the Red Sox go out and get. Um because I think she did a lot right with the Marlins. You know what? Let's get a little nuts. Let's hire Kim Ng because guess what? The track record speaks for itself. And the reason that Kim Ng is no longer with the Marlins, do you want to just bring it up now? I know you want yeah. to bring it up at the end, but you want to just bring it up now since we're in yeah. the conversation. Yep. So Kim Ng decided to leave the Marlins because basically the Marlins were like, thanks for everything, but uh, we're going to hire someone else now to do the job. That's basically what it was. Yeah, basically they're just going to hire someone over her, which makes no sense when she did a great job. Exactly. And I don't blame her. She's like, you know what? Thanks for the for the offer, but I'm going to find somewhere else. And she should. And you know what, Powder? Honestly, get someone in here that's smart. Get someone in here that isn't afraid to make those moves. Yep. And get someone in here that's going to create a sense of change. And that's what the, this Red Sox just culture needs. They need a culture change. That's what they need. They need someone to come in here, take the bull by the horns, and get everything done that they need to. Because I'll tell you what, there are some names out there, Powder, that I would really love 
And I don't know if you wanted to, did you want to bring anything else up with the GM search before we move into just a little bit of a different direction? No, that's, um, that's all I really want to talk about is Kim. Okay. So let's talk about just one hypothetical trade that came up today on Twitter. So Powder, you know, the name, uh, Juan Soto, right? I don't know. Did he win the World Series in 2019 as like a 19, 20-year-old? I believe he did. I believe he won it with a team called the uh, the Washington Senators. No, I'm sorry. The Washington Nationals. Yes. I know who he is. Okay. So Juan Soto. And this was brought up by Jim Bowden, who, if you don't know who Jim Bowden is, he's an MLB analyst and insider for CBS Sports. And he wrote a piece today that lists the Red Sox as a potential shooter for a Juan Soto trade and came up with a mock trade. So the mock trade is the Red Sox would obviously receive Juan Soto. And in return, the Padres would uh, the Padres would receive Miguel Blaze, Alex Verdugo, Tanner Houck, and Luis Perales. That's yeah. actually not as bad as I thought it would be. So I'll ask you first, since you had the first reaction to it. Yeah. If you're the Red Sox and... The Padres say, we'll take this deal. Do you do it? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to say yes, too, and here's why. First of all, you're getting a good player. You're getting a a superstar in the outfield. You're getting rid of Alex Verdugo, who I like Alex Verdugo. I think he's a good baseball player, but I think he, he lacks that intrinsic motivation sometimes. I mean, arriving late at the ballpark being late multiple times, like you, you, you just can't have that. You Probably. can't, 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 can't. Tanner Houck, I like Tanner Houck, but you know what? He's he's a reliever. He's not a starter in this league. We've been over this so many times. He can't get through a lineup more than once without getting racked. He can't get through a lineup barely twice without getting racked. Yeah. He's a long reliever and a spot starter. So you know what? If you want to get rid of Tanner Houck, that's fine as long as you add pitching this offseason. And then Miguel Blaze, Luis Perales, two prospects. I know Miguel Blaze is up there in terms of Red Sox prospects and Luis Perales. I think he might be, he might even be like top 20 or 25 Red Sox prospect yeah. in their system. But you know what? If this is what it's going to take to take to change things up a little bit, then you do it. Yeah. And you do it. So if you're not getting rid of Meyer or um, what's other top prospect, um, Ronan Anthony. Yeah. Then I would do it. Yeah. I think you have to. Yeah. If that was the trade, and again, it's a mock trade, so obviously it's yeah. just opinion, but I think a trade like that could work. Oh, I agree. So, I don't know. I would do it, Yeah, but we'll see what happens. Whoever the next Red Sox president of baseball operations is, they got to come in here and just start off in a bat. Oh, yeah. Have to. Yeah. All right. Any other Red Sox tidbits you want to talk about? I don't have anything. MLB playoffs, just real quick. Uh, Orioles are out. So, yep. RIP to Maddie and I's uh, bandwagon playoff team. Mm-hmm. Uh, or did Maddie say, you said the Phillies, right? I did. Okay. And the Phillies are still it. Yeah. As we're recording, they're up one game to nothing on the Diamondbacks NLCS. They will be playing game two on Tuesday night. Hopefully, it can be another dub for the Phillies. Yeah. Real quick, what's your ideal uh, World Series matchup? I would like to see Phillies Rangers. I think that's the most interesting. Obviously, seeing Phillies Astros again, um, and hopefully Phillies getting revenge would be great. But Astros are kind of getting to the Patriots 
um, point where it's getting boring to see them in the championship every year. Like, probably a lot of fans around the country hate it when the Patriots win the AFC championship and Super Bowl every year. Um, but I would like to see Phillies, Rangers. I think the Phillies and Rangers would be an interesting one, too, because you have the NL champions from last year. Mm-hmm. You have the Rangers that went out and got a lot of players in the offseason and at the trade deadline. Getting Max Scherzer with the trade deadline mm-hmm. is great. But honestly, I think that would be a great World Series. That would be incredible. You know what else is incredible, Powder? What? A&B Burgers and A&B Kitchen and Bar. Yes. I can tell you about A&B Burgers and A&B Kitchen and Bar. Like I say, every week, Legends Lingo is graciously sponsored by A&B Burgers, A&B Kitchen and Bar. A&B Kitchen Bar is located in Boston, Massachusetts, right across the street from the TD Garden. And A&B Burgers is located in Beverly, Massachusetts, um, up in the North Shore. But like I say every week, especially with the Bruins and Celtics starting up, Bruins are already a couple games into the season. Celtics start up next week. It's a it's a great place to meet up before, after, even during a game at the Garden, to be in the atmosphere of fans, get great food, get great drinks. Um, like I say every week, everything's local and organic um, at their restaurant. Some of the best food I've ever had. And when you go there, make sure you tell them the Le- Legends Lingo Boys sent you. Once again, shout out to our friends at A&B Burgers, A&B Kitchen and Bar. I'm telling you, that live show, man, that's, I know. that's an I idea. I need to talk to Tom. Pitch it out. Pitch I out. will see him not this weekend, next weekend. Okay, so pitch it out then. Yeah. little live show, a little live Q&A. Yep. So, all right, so I'm just going to do this real quick. Uh, Bruins Minute, I'm bringing it back just for this one episode. So the Bruins have played two games, have won both of them at home. They opened up on Wednesday, October 11th against the Chicago Blackhawks, won the game 3-1. to Connor Bedard, number one overall pick, with the first goal of, the of not the season, but of the Bruins season. Of course, it had to be a Blackhawk that scored the first goal in the mm-hmm. Bruins season, which was crazy. Uh, David Pasternak with two goals in the game, Trent Frederick with the other one. And then Linus Allmark had 20 saves on 21 shots for a 9.52 save percentage. And then on Saturday, the Bruins were at home again against the Nashville Predators. Came away victorious with a 3-2 victory. Charlie McAvoy had two points on the day with two assists. James Van Riemsdyk with two goals on the day. David Pasternak with two points with a goal and an assist. So Bruins are off to a good start. Celtics open up next Wednesday against the Knicks. And this is going to be one of those things, Powder, where you need to remember the timestamp because I'm going to say this right now. I think the Celtics are winning the title this year, folks. I've watched a little bit of preseason, and that starting lineup of the Jays, Chris Stops, Porzingis, Derek White, and Drew Holiday, with Al Horford coming off the bench, that is a starting lineup for the ages. I'm going to tell you what, Al Horford coming off the bench is going to be great. I think Peyton Pritchard is going to have a big role as the backup point guard. Sam Hauser is another shooter off the bench. You have some athleticism with Banton and Brissett coming off the bench as well. And you have Luke Cornette that can give you some decent minutes. Telling you, this team, I think this is the year. Yeah. Really, really do. Any other thoughts, Powder? Uh, do you have any Bruins Celtics thoughts real quick before we get into your final tidbit that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I do not. I got nothing. All right, Powder, you had a little tidbit that you wanted to talk about. What do you got? 
So first thing I want to talk about is the San Francisco Giants and who they just interviewed for their managerial opening. They interviewed Alyssa Nakin, I want to say her last name is. It's the first woman to ever be interviewed for the top uniform position in Major League Baseball, meaning the manager, the on-field manager. Obviously, Kim uh, Ang was the first general manager or whatever, president of baseball office, whatever you want to call it these days. There's 12 different names for that position, but uh, Alyssa being the first woman to ever be interviewed, I think it's a big step in the right direction. I think um, if you, I think it just should be if you're good enough for the job, it doesn't matter, male, woman, black, white, whatever, you should have the job. And I think it, like I said, a step in the right direction. I think, I don't know if she's going to get the job or not. I know she has been coaching with the Giants for the last few years and she's done well. But who knows what's going to happen. But it is good to see women, like, getting um, looked at for coaching positions in baseball. Like I said, I think it just should be, if you're good enough for the job, if the people respect you, then who cares who you are? Yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, if you have the qualifications and you apply for the job and you should be able to get the job, don't discriminate because of who the person is or the color of their skin or ethnicity or anything like that. Do the job that you need to do. Period. Yeah. Period. If the Red Sox wanted to move on from Alex Cora and just say the name one more time, Powder, I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I said Alyssa right. Nakin, I want Alyssa, to say. Alyssa Nakin. Okay, I just want to make sure I said it right. If Alyssa Nakin was the best candidate for the job, can hire her. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares at this point? Just hire whoever is going to make the team the best that it can be. Yeah. Simple. That's it. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up, and I hope the Giants do hire her. That would be really cool. Weird yeah. story for the NLB. Yeah. Wasn't it? Was there something else you wanted to talk about? Uh, it wasn't that important. That's all I got. Okay. Yeah. So in conclusion, Patriots stink and are going to continue to stink. Red Sox still don't have a president of baseball operations. Bruins are off to a hot start, and Celtics, I think, should win the title this year. Mm-hmm. So book it. Yep. Any final words, Powder, before we uh, sign off for the week? I mean, if I watch the Patriots, probably going to be another loss, but, I mean, go Pats. I'm going to say it every week because I'm just a diehard fan, but hopefully we have some big news with the Red Sox. Celtics will probably record right before they start, and hopefully Bruins stay hot. Those would all be best-case scenario. Yeah. And the best-case scenario for you all is to make sure that you rate and subscribe to the Legends Lingo podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, everywhere else where you can get your podcast. Make sure to check us out at studentunionsports.com. Make sure to check out everything going on again at studentunionsports.com, the blogs, the podcasts, and everything else that we have to offer. If you're interested in getting started in the sports writing or sports radio industry, please make sure to reach out to Liam Smith at Student Union Sports. Otherwise, that is Tom Powder Cadmus. I'm your host, Alan Nahigian. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week for episode 244 with hopefully Maya Burnett back in the building. Yes, sir.